This is the Neil Evans Says Podcast. Ascot, very tricky if you're caught up in traffic. I do think you need to be off the fence to some degree coming to the turn. Bella Nipotina should find a nice spot. Around the turn of the 150, Bella Nipotina takes the lead, kicks clear, two lengths, Rothfire, and best of Bordeaux streaking away. Bella Nipotina, and boy, doesn't she deserve this. Bella Nipotina, four lengths. This week, Neil Evans says... Good pressure here. He'll be storming home. I like him at the value, $9 or so. Number three, Private Eye. Private Eye right down the outside. Arameo Dallasan and Private Eye. Private Eye swapping them. Regan Bayless punches it out and Private Eye won the Epsom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Evans Says podcast. It's the final day this Saturday of Sydney's Autumn Carnival. Two Group 1 races to finish us off with the $1.5 million Schweppes All-Age Stakes and the $500,000 Moe and Chandon Champagne Stakes. And then we'll head to Perth to preview the Group 2 $500,000 Karakata Plate for two-year-olds and the $4 million slot race for the sprinters. Welcome to Uni 11's an incredible day last Saturday. Dubai Honor was too good for Animo and what about explosive Jack storming home to win the Sydney Cup. Yes, Sumsy, uh, quite amazing. They're crowing down in Canberra, of course. Explosive Jack, second placed in the listed Canberra Cup, wins the Group 1 Sydney Cup over two mile, was beaten by Arapahoe, who you remember previously had won the Group 1 Tancred Cup. So all of a sudden, they think the, the listed Canberra Cup form is sensational. There you go. But uh, one of those days um, where we ran up to win plenty of times, just couldn't get one over the line. Lock Eagle was huge from the back in the provincial final, but the stable mate had slipped away. Goal trip, very disappointing in the Sydney Cup. Got mm. back in the trail, um, was carrying the weight, but it tracked up quite nicely to the 600, but never fired a shot down the straight. So it was tough going out there, but very exciting racing. And certainly if you could nail one, uh, you got paid very, very well. But, Sumsy, why didn't I stick with a tissue second up? Having tipped it fresh, <laughs> massive run, goes round at 10 to 1 and wins second up. Dead said I was giving myself uppercuts all afternoon. And did you think that there was some lanes developing there last Saturday? I thought maybe Dubai Honor might have got on top of some firmer ground on one of those lanes, maybe? Not really, mate. They, they, they did sort of come two or three off the inside, and it wasn't probably until the second half of the day where they really started to swoop from well back. But having said that, you know, a tissue came off the inside to find good, the better ground two or three out. So I thought the track played very well, considering the amount of traffic. Animo was flat, dead flat. To, to be run down late by Moanga, who's a very good horse, is probably the flattest I've seen Animo. I'll be shocked if they take it to um, Royal Ascot. I know it was on the, the radar, but just looking at the way Animo was in the yard and the, the way it finished off flat, Dubai Honor had that one at the 400-metre mark. I tend to think Animo has had enough. Unlike Winks, who just cruised to victory, Animo has always had to dig in hard, mm. race very tough, some real gut busters to win all these group ones, just maybe now it's taking its toll. A wonderful, wonderful record. I think that could be the end for Animo. Yeah. All right, let's go to Randwick for races seven and eight. The track at the moment is a soft five. The rail is out seven metres from the 1,000 mark to the winning post and out four for the remainder. A little rain around leading into race day, but mostly fine for Saturday, a top of 24 degrees. Race seven is the $600,000 Group 1 Champagne Stakes. Set weights for two-year-olds over the 1,600. The race dates back to 1861 when it was run over 1,000 metres. It's part of the triple crown for the two-year-olds with the Golden Slipper and the size produce stakes. Now, these young horses being asked to step up to the 1,600 for the Champagne Stakes, some of them have never run it before. Who do you fancy? 
Yes, it's uh, it's always intriguing, you know, obviously two-year-olds getting to the mile, those who are deep into the prep, have come through the slipper, come through the size, you know, and half are probably just making up the numbers. No secrets here, Sumsy. The two at the top, Don Corleone won, uh, and the horse that beat it in the size, Militarise, dominate the market. The overs in the market is Tom Kitten, backing up quickly, strong win. It's won two of its last three. It hit the line nicely out there at Randwick, and I think it's probably some sort of value at the price, double-figure odds. I think this is the race for Don Corleone. It's been really tough right through the prep. It's deep into the prep. This is the crowning glory. It was good late in the slipper behind Shinzo, over 12. Gets to the sires and ran home okay behind Militarise. I think Militarise probably got the brakes on a heavy nine. This will be a soft five, maybe a soft six. I dare say no worse. I think that suits Don Corleone. I think he'll win. Obviously gets through the ground. Two-year-old Colt by extreme choice. I think he should be right there in the market with Militarise, not near enough to $4. Don Corleone to win the champagne, to beat Militarise number two, and definitely leaving in for Tom Kitten for third. That's race seven at Ramwick. The champagne stakes. Neil's tips are one, Don Corleone, two, Militarise, and number four, Tom Kitten. Race eight, the $1.5 million group one, all age stakes. Wait for age over 1,400. First run in 1885. Cascadian, who won it last year, is back for another crack. Jack and O, who loves the 1400, is making his return after a four-week break. But the favourite, Neil, is Giga Kick at $3 with Tab. Yes, uh, Sumsy, absolutely fascinating race, this one. Uh, almost a mini sort of Everest over 14 to sort of a uh, crown the carnival. And it's yeah. fascinating because of the different form lines and the, and the peaks and troughs here. You mentioned Cascadian. Um, fourth up. Back from 2,000 to 1,400 metres, having won the uh, Group 1 Australian Cup at Flemington. Can it repeat the dose back to 14? I doubt it, but I like Nash in the saddle. Uh, there should be enough pressure on for Cascadian to get home. Jack and O's off a break, as you mentioned, the three-year-old uh, for Price and Kent. Zaki, first up for uh, five and a bit months of yeah. two trials. Will the, the old wait for age Zaki turn up? We've got Private Eye, third up. No luck in the TJ Smith. Lost and running one run back. All sorts of fascinating form lines here. And I wouldn't even rule out a horse like Rockin' Horse for Michael Moroni at better than $20. You can't tip them all, but I'm going to stick with three private eye. That was tragic watching what happened in that TJ Smith, travelling strong on the inside. Interference from the outside, a knock-on effect. Private eye was put through the rail, lost all momentum and was tailed off behind I Wish I Win. Massive forgive getting to 14. He's probably a little more dour this time, as in taking a little while longer to warm up. But good pressure here. He'll be storming home. I like him at the value, $9 or so. Number three, Private Eye. Big watch on Zaki first up. The trials were nice and safe. I think can run an enormous race fresh. Giga Kick's done nothing wrong. Really hit the line. Great sectionals and two runs back. Gets to 1,400 metres for the first time. But certainly really hard to find a knock why Giga Kick wouldn't uh, hit the line hard over 14 as well. So I think they're the three to play with. I'll probably leave in Cascadian for fourth. But at the value to win, the Group 1 All-Aged is three private eye to beat one Zaki and 12 Giga Kick. That's race eight. The All-Aged stakes three, one and 12 for Neil. Let's go to Perth and to Ascot for two big races in the West this Saturday. Ascot is a soft five. The rail is out three metres. Around 15 millimetres of rain over the last week. Race day should be mostly sunny in a top of 20. Race seven is the $500,000 Group 2 Karakata Plate. Set weights for two-year-olds over the 1,200 metres. First run in 1,900. The 2022 winner, Amelia's Jewel, was the first horse to secure a slot in the very first Quokka field. 
which we'll cover off shortly. But Neil, which of these young runners are you backing for the Karakata plate? You mentioned soft five. I don't think it'll be any worse than that. Uh, there's been some very good winners come out of this race, not so much lately, but down through the years. I'm really well the favourite. It'll be well found number six, Live to Tell, for Simon Miller and uh, Patrick Carberry, as we like to call him in punt world, the car battery, because it's tuned up. Number six, Live to Tell, a second. It's one two from two this prep, and uh, ripping home last start was terrific and just a lovely little forerunner into this race. I like Live to Tell drawn out. It's in nine of 13. Needs to get to the outside. That's the go for this horse. Uh, can rip home in a superior final 400 metres to win. Very keen number six, Live to Tell, to beat seven Super Smirk. Sorry, Super Smink, I should say. Very consistent. Middle draw. Uh, will be there for a long way. And number nine, Wiley Girl, a last start winner. Uh, stable mate of the on-topper for Simon Miller, with Pikey riding, will also be hitting the line coming off a last start win. I think they're the three. They'll probably dominate the market, but six live to tell. A good thing in the Karakata plate to beat seven Super Smink and nine Wiley Girl. That's race seven at Ascot. It's a number six live to tell. Wipe that smirk off your face, by the way, Neil. A number yeah. seven is Super Smink <laughs> and nine is Wiley Girl. Let's go to race eight, the $4 million, the Quokka. Wait for age over 1,200 metres. 14 slot holders have paid $200,000 each to select their horse for the race. Yep. Amelia's jewel was the favourite before the draw on Tuesday morning, but there was a stuff up at the barrier draw, and the star filly got bumped from barrier 9 to 14. What a debacle, Neil. Oh, look, I didn't even read the whole story because I've seen this before a few times where the draw hasn't gone to plan, and then they sit there and wonder, the numbers that have come out, should they just remain that way and then we reshuffle for the rest? Uh. Or do we go back to square one? And, of course, you know, trainers and owners are blowing up left, right and centre. Amelia's Jill drew gate 14. Course uh, right out there in the bleachers. But having said that, she goes right back. She'll go right back from that gate and be safe for one big run. She hangs on to favouritism, but she's under the odds for me around 3, 310, 320. I think she needs to get out against some of these some of these uh, eastern state horses. It's um, quite remarkable, Sumsy, a $4 million race. Uh, even under the slot conditions, as we now know, in Perth. But there'll be a big crowd here for this. On with the Eastern State Horses, number 10, Bella Nipatina. has had three runs back. It's drawn in gate six. Ascot, very tricky if you're caught up in traffic. I do think you need to be off the fence to some degree coming to the turn. Bella Nipatina should find a nice spot. I think fourth up, it's the horse to beat. Number 10, Big Forgive Uncommon Jane's had three runs back. It didn't have much luck in Sydney. Uh, a few weeks back, you'll recall, got out late, still found the line. It'll come across from a wide gate and sit up top. And as I say, on the speed map around Ascot, that's an advantage. It's mile, it's a mile over the odds, number four, Uncommon James. And I'll leave in Amelia's Jewel, a very, very smart filly. He'll be flying home at the end, but it's going to have to give some pretty good horses a pretty big start. So that's the way I see it in the Quokka. Ten Bella Nipatina to win it, to beat four Uncommon James and flying home for third. 14, Amelia's Jewel. Race nine at Ascot, the Quokka. It's 10, 4 and 14 for Neil. This is the Neil Evans Says podcast. You can follow Neil on Twitter and get more racing info and tips for all the big regional races in New South Wales. Neil's Twitter handle is at Neil Evans Mail. You can also read Neil's weekly racing preview in The Sportsman, Australia's most authoritative racing journal. Audio at the start of the podcast, courtesy of RSN and Racing New South Wales. Please gamble responsibly. This is our last podcast for now with the end of the Autumn Carnival. Uh, thank you, Neil, for all the wonderful work uh, that you've done each week. 
Well, that's all right. It's uh, been a challenge. We've had our ups and downs, but it's been a lot of fun. But uh, just quickly, what is a quokka? It's a little furry creature, isn't it? it? Yes, it's like a little miniature sort of chubby kangaroo. Ah, yes. Yeah, chubby kangaroo. Yeah, it's good stuff. I did, I did live in Perth when I was about eight years old. So yep. we actually went out to Rottnest Island and nice we saw one. the cockers and all of that. But look, um, yeah, no, thank you, Neil. It's been wonderful. And uh, Mike and Steve are here now and they're going to just take you to a beautiful hotel for you to go and stay. Just you put the white jacket on him. Yeah, yep. there we go. And you just go off there and enjoy yourself for the next few weeks until we warm up for the spring carnival again, okay? They'll look after you. They make a lovely breakfast there, Neil. Good stuff. Sounds good. But anyway, something, let's rock and roll.